Welcome to the Shock Your Potential podcast with your host, Michael Sherlock. We all have potential, but sometimes we need inspiration to get us to our peak performance. Whether you are starting out in your career, ready to move up the corporate ladder, or taking the leap into entrepreneurship, Michael's guests provide powerful tools and resources to shock your potential. Shock Your Potential is a global professional development training company committed to your unique journey. Learn more about us today at shockyourpotential.com and download our free Shock Your Potential app today. Listen in to today's expert. Thank you for joining us on another episode of Shock Your Potential. I am, of course, your host, Michael Sherlock. And all month long, I've been talking to some leadership powerhouses, baby, and we're talking about how to be and stay resilient as leaders and, you know, really up our leadership game during, hmm, I don't know, times of challenge and turmoil. None of us know anything about that, especially the last year. But my guest today is not only going to help us talk about that, but really some interesting things about her background. So Brandy Bernaski is a digital strategist, a website developer, and founder of two companies, Alchemy Plus AIM and North Star Sites, which are companies that help entrepreneurs and business owners elevate their online presence. You all know that I've been working on that a lot and enhance their digital experience, which is so important today, especially as I'm learning about bump rates on my own website. And she's an advocate for using technology in ways that enhance or that humanize, not just enhance, but humanize and connect people and also to serve them, to help them do some things that maybe we should all do, like maybe ask some deeper philosophical questions. I don't know, maybe teach others to think more broadly about impact when they create and about what they create. And she is particularly interested in STEAM fields. So Brandy's academic background is in theater, which I think you will actually, when you think about it long enough, actually makes a great deal of sense given what she does, but then also in philosophy and physics. <laughs> and that helped her to have the perfect foundation for launching her business, where her team has worked with thought leaders like Brene Brown, Laverne Cox, Judy Smith, Kate Northrup, Wow, goodness gracious, she has worked with a lot of notable change makers since 2013. She also says that she's a natural connector and business matchmaker. I love it. Who's always working to help others step into their genius work uh, for all of us to be more genius and leverage the expertise of those around us to achieve new levels of success and along the way, perhaps make communities that grow and thrive. So Brandy, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you so much for having me here today, Michael. I'm really excited to chat with you. I am too. You've got quite an impressive background. I hit just some of the highlights, but tell us a little bit more about you and your businesses and how you help your clients to shock their potential. Absolutely. So I started my business about eight years ago, just as a freelance developer, I really thought I was going to stay a freelance developer and inevitably it grew. Um, so I am not developing anymore because my fantastic team is doing all the development mm -hmm. and we just have the opportunity to really, like I think of it as partnering with our clients to help bring out the best of what they do and really mm -hmm. create something online that supports their business and their lifestyle. So I am not a believer in magic pills or cookie cutter formulas in order to get the job done. I am really like emphatic with my clients about um, tuning in to what they're excited about, what gives them energy, um, what helps them connect really well with their ideal client base mm -hmm. and leveraging those points of connection for the business as opposed to 
you know, applying a general marketing formula of like, oh, you have to do a live webinar that goes into this thing, which goes into that thing. It, frankly, you know, we're not all built the same way. Right. And there are these great techniques out there that work really well for some people because their audience is primed for it. That's what they're looking for. And then there are others of us, myself included, I am just such a natural relationships person that I've built my entire business on just referrals and yep. connections and meeting new people. And I'm a really wholehearted believer in that we can really construct a business around who we are and what makes us thrive and our team thrive. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and, and for our clients to be able to do that and not just fall into the traps of like, oh, that person did it this way and they're successful. Therefore I have to do it the same way to be successful. Yeah. We have to start by defining what success even means for ourselves. Yeah. Um, and that's going to look different for everyone. So we're real, really emphatic about like helping the, the whole person step through into their website and into their business. Yeah. It's interesting you say that because yesterday I was actually on somebody else's podcast and we were talking about a similar thing about, you know, he said, you know, so you help businesses, you know, and we were kind of talking about what I do and you help them to step into, you know, their potential, make better leaders, better salespeople. And he goes, so you help them when they're vulnerable, who helps you when you're vulnerable? And we had this great dialogue about how it has taken me the last three years to find the, the organization that I feel is my business coach. And I, and yesterday was actually my first, uh, my first big session with them. And uh, then I'm, I'm, you know, having a first couple individual sessions just to make sure it's the right fit, but it's taken me three years of trying to find that kind of um, uh, connection that I feel speaks to me because the ones that are like, Hey, do this in our 90 point strategy or a three point, whatever for success or this, and you're going to be, you know, doing that. And you're going to have 10 million followers. And I'm like, that's not what I'm going for. And I don't want to work that way. That's not how I want to operate. So I think it's great that you talk about that from, especially from a digital presence perspective, mm-hmm. because there is a lot out there that's telling us that you're only successful if you've got A, B, C, D, and E. And we know that's not true, but it's really hard to kind of fight that, that dialogue that's, you know, in the world that says, if you don't have 10 million TikTok followers, you know, you suck. Yeah. I mean, it's, apparently, it's why apparently we're on TikTok now in my company. I had no idea, but. <laughs> and that's exactly why, like we hop on the latest social media channels because everyone is there and that's where we think we should be. But your mm-hmm. ideal audience may not be there, honestly, like, right. You know, my, frankly, my ideal audience, I tend to find in rooms full of really smart business women, you yeah. know, as opposed to on TikTok, I think I'd have to work so much harder to find like those individuals through that yeah. channel. Yeah. Oh, I agree. And it's funny because my, my marketing director, she's, she's so sharp and she, you know, she tries and tests different things. And then she took, you know, one of our videos that we do on a weekly basis. And she said, so, you know, I just put it out there just to see, and we got like 1200 views in the first couple hours. And I went, wait, what? <laughs> like, that's great. So you're taking what I'm already doing and you're figuring it out. I don't have to operate differently to do it. She goes, no, we need to make it work with what you are. And the whole goal is just to see if you, we can build additional following. I'm like, cool. That I like the rest is not, that's not where I want to operate. It's just, it's too much work. And to your point, it's probably not my target audience anyway, but I, but uh, you know, helping people come to grips with that and not be swayed by the kind of the marketing, uh, you know, shiny objects is, is probably not easy. 
No, it's always a challenge. And it was actually a challenge even from my earliest days as a website developer. Um, I actually originally was a blogger. That's how I learned to develop because I had my own blogs and was writing and connecting with people. And as I started to get into development and I was working with like bloggers who were up and coming so often, you know, we would talk about what they wanted on the sidebar for their social media. And it was like, I need every social media. And I'm like, if you are doing every social media, when do you have time to do your blog? When do you have time to spend time with your family? Or frankly, even just spend a little time with yourself, you know, and not always feel like you have to be on or generating content in order to be, to be successful at what you're doing. So uh, there were a lot of times I had to dissuade them and say like, choose three, like I will add more buttons if you want more buttons in time, but let's just start with two or three. And then once you feel like you've mastered those, you can always build on from there. And I think the same is true for a lot of businesses as well. Like we think we have to launch out of the gate with like 16 offerings. You can have just two to start and really promote those two and focus on those and then build on new ones as the audience demands it. And as you see the need for it. And as you start to, you know, realize how much content you've already created that can be packaged, repackaged, redesigned, reorganized. I mean, that's where I'm sitting right now. It was interesting that we, um, you know, we'd been talking about our YouTube strategy for a long time. And so we'd been working on one element of it. And I had all this content that I'd created for our app that um, wasn't, that I really thought was going to really drive interaction on our app. And when we analyzed it, that wasn't what was uh, getting our interaction on the app. We had totally other things that were much simpler that were getting interaction on the app. And so I said, well, why let this content go to waste? We repurposed it, we realigned it to YouTube. We relaunched it a few weeks ago and it's done phenomenally well. And it's the same, you know, it's just, it's understanding that for a lot of us, we've already created quite a bit of stuff. Now, what you do with it really matters. And you can have a nice shelf life of evergreen materials if you just simply take the time to try to create more. Yep, absolutely. (laughs) It's one of the, one of those little lessons in life that you learn along the way and you wish you would have learned it earlier, but oh, well. No, that's, that's the kind of the joy of having a business too, is you learn as you go and you evolve as you go. So you've worked with some really notable names, um, you know, in terms of their presence. So, you know, how have you gotten these types of opportunities? What's allowed you to, you know, to take those opportunities in the rooms with powerful women and turn that into business for yourself? I mean, honestly, I first and foremost, am just a human being with everyone. So some of my biggest clients have come as referrals from people I have known in spaces that weren't necessarily related at all to website development. I had one very large client come through a connection that I had made probably like four or five years before that time, even when we met at a blogging conference and started connecting about food justice issues. And then we stayed in touch and she eventually found out that I was, you know, developing websites and connected me with, with a client and it kind of went from there. So that's for me, like, I just try to be a human being with people. And my first goal, like, I never, ever have a goal to sell anyone anything. Like mm-hmm. it, it's even on a sales call, my goal is not to sell people things. It's really just to understand what they need and really help them get what that is. And very often, yes, that, that does mean that they may work with me. Um, mm-hmm. There are times I go into things and I don't, I don't think they're going to work with me. Like, I don't think that's where we're going and we end up going there. So yeah, I just kind of like focus on like, how can I help them 
who in my network can I connect them to, to, for them to kind of get what they need. And if I can help them in that process, if there's something I can do with them, like if, if the need for the website arises or new branding or, you know, strategy, like I will make that offer, but it always comes from this place of service. And that's, I think really what has helped me kind of create the long-term relationships with people too, because I'm just looking for ways to support and help them. Yeah. And I think it's what I love about what you said too, is something I try and teach everybody in sales is that, you know, sales isn't about making a sale right now. Yeah. Sales is about understanding when it is the right time or if it's the right time, or even more importantly, when it's never going to be the right time and making sure that you're clear that that's okay too. Mm -hmm. That, you know, when you are just, you know, having discovery calls and you're really discovering that it's okay sometimes to say, you know what, I, I love what you're trying to accomplish. I don't think I'm the one for you, but you know what? I do know some other people that are, and you know, people are surprised by that when I've turned down business, but if it's not aligned with what we're doing, or I don't think I can give them what they deserve or need, then it's so much more beneficial to them and to me to help them find a better place and a better solution. But I know that there's people that, you know, hear that and go, oh my gosh, why would you let a sale go or an opportunity go? Well, because sometimes it pays off much more in the long term. Yeah. I always think of it as like, you can let that go at that time because you're really forming the relationship with the person. And they remember, even the clients who may not book with us for one reason or another have referred clients our way Mm -hmm. because- you know, we've, they've thought we've been, we would be a great fit for them. And I think there's a lot to say for that overall. Yeah, I agree without a doubt. Well, we're going to take a quick break here from our sponsor. We'll be right back. And we're going to start diving down to some of your tips on leadership, which I have a feeling are going to be a pretty much in line with what we've discussed so far. So I'll be right back. Imagine starting a long journey without a map or even a clear idea of the obstacles ahead. That's exactly what it's like for entrepreneurs who start companies with a lot of passion, but without the financial expertise to grow and scale their businesses and create long-term wealth for their families. Find a financial advisor who can help you map a better journey. Wayne Titus shows you how in his book, The Entrepreneur's Guide to Financial Well-Being. With the right advisor at your side, you'll have the freedom to focus on what really matters to you. Get the Entrepreneur's Guide to Financial Well-Being at Amazon.com and in the virtual bookstore on the Shock Your Potential app. And we're back with uh, Brandy Bernowski. And I love what you're saying on so many levels, especially, you know, just being human. I say that a lot. You know, we're humans dealing with humans, mm-hmm. which means it can be messy. It can be wonderful. It can be emotional. It can, you know, be all those things. But at the end of the day, when we recognize that we come as humans dealing with humans, I think we get better outcomes, um, especially when we're leading people. And one of the things that I am seeing and that I'm foreshadowing as we move forward out of lockdowns and pandemics and moving from completely remote work is that some people are still going to be working remotely. Many people are going to be going back into offices a lot in hybrid mode. There's a lot of heightened emotion. There's a lot of fear. There's still uncertainty. There's trepidation. And for leaders, this is going to put them in even more challenging situations, especially in hybrid situations where those that maybe were just hoping to make it through the pandemic and remote work and things would get quote unquote back to normal 
are facing a reality that being a leader today and tomorrow really does require some different skill sets or at least more adaptive skill sets. So you've worked in a lot of different scenarios and with a lot of individuals. What are some of your top tips to help my listeners and viewers help navigate this new course? I mean, I think first, like being empathetic with people, like really getting to know whatever situation or struggle they're going through. Um, I have a really wonderful team who, who tell me, I mean, they tell me some very personal things about what they're struggling with because inevitably we can't silo ourselves. Like we're whole human beings. And if there's something happening in our personal life, it is going to affect our work. I mean, I certainly have been through this About three years ago, my mom was on hospice and passed, and I let my clients know what was going on. Even this past fall, my my cat ended up with cancer under his tongue. I was syringe feeding him. Like it was it was hospice care for him. And same thing, like I let my team know what's going on. I let our clients know what's going on. I'm just that I want people to understand that. I'm going to be that real and transparent with them because I want them to be that real and transparent with me when it's happening to them. And I think just giving them permission to not be perfect all the time is Mm -hmm. huge. Um, Mm -hmm. And to, you know, to check in when you see, when you see behavior, that's a little off, you know, I don't consider that a judgment about the person. I just start asking them questions that like, is there something they want to share with me? Are they comfortable sharing it yet? They may not be, and that's okay, but I let them know that I'm there for them and that they can share it with me and that there won't be any judgment to whatever they do need to share with me. So I think just creating that safe space for anyone that you're working with to come to you and let you know what's going on is so significant, particularly today because we are facing so many challenges with time, with potentially caring for children that are home and maybe not in school or caring for loved ones who are ill. So Mm -hmm. just creating that space to be able to be a little bit more flexible and know that when you really take care of your team and of your people and of your clients, like they will take care of you too. And so I always go back to that over and over again. Like that's the foundation of all of the leadership work I do with people. You know, it's interesting that you say that because I I agree with everything you've said. And I was thinking about how, you know, prior to our pandemic, that for leaders who were very much about keeping personal and professional distant and separate and, you know, completely closed off from one another, not only is that not sustainable in my view, but those people had to really freak out. Then when all of a sudden we're remote and you've got cats running through and little kids running through and, you know, people trying to figure out how to juggle it all, including themselves. And I think that, you know, going back, even if you work in an environment where everybody's going back to work in an office, we are going to have heightened concerns, heightened Mm -hmm. fears. There's, you know, what, what about, you know, mom that now had moved in with me that I've been taking care of and now I'm not there every day. Or, you know, in my case, I'll miss having lunch with my husband every day, you know, so not necessarily like a, you know, another worry, but a loss of some things. And I think we really need to be extra kind to each other as we move to this next level, because we thought that we dealt with the pandemic in different ways. We're going to deal with coming out of this pandemic in way different ways. And I, and not all of us even know what to expect from that emotionally ourselves. Yeah. I mean, emotionally, mentally, like, I think there's been, there's been more stress on us during this time than we've even realized. Mm -hmm. And like, we've had to shift how we operate in so many ways. So to shift back is going to take some, like some time. It's, it's not just, Hey, the last year didn't happen. And 
you know, go back to the way you were doing things before the last year absolutely ha happened and it changed us. And it, I think for a lot of people too, the pandemic really brought to light some of the things that mattered most to them. Yeah. Because it was a matter of like, who could you see? Who couldn't you see? Like, you know, what yes. were you able to access or not? And that changes us. And we come back as uh, different, more aware people. And I think yeah. there's just going to have to be the space to allow that to happen overall. You know, before we started taping, I was telling you that my whole team is out of Kenya and it's been really interesting. I have not been there yet. I was supposed to go last November. And of course we little global pandemic got in the way of that, but it's been really interesting dealing with a team from Kenya because they have shared a lot of things with me after I, you know, allowed them to kind of open up that they thought, you know, really marked them as different. You know, like a lot of Kenyans are very, very private. They've been taught, you know, do not let any of your personal life uh, invade your work life. And, and I think to the, I've helped them to understand, I think to one point that a lot of the U S has been very similar as well, but what's interesting to me is even for the progress we've made when I had my second COVID shot, when I had my first one, I hardly noticed. I went to bed early a few nights, you know, in a row. And that was about it. This second one for 48 hours, man, this knocked me on my tuchus. And so I said, I sent them a voice message and I said, Hey, for any of you guys who haven't had your first or second, just let me know when you do it. Let's make sure we clear your calendar for the next day. I don't want you guys trying to feel this way. I found out most of my team has had their second one. And, they oh have, and they're like, oh yeah, I felt horrible for you know however long. I go, why didn't you tell me? You know, I was probably still going, hey, where's the, you know, where's our latest podcast show notes? I need those to upload, you know? They're like, oh, we just made it through. And so, you know, as I talking to them, like, let's remember this is, this is some, this is life and let's figure it out together. We can make work and life work. But even though I thought I was doing great, I still missed the boat on that. Cause clearly I had no idea how many of them had it done and how many were knocked out. Like I was, they must've thought I was a wuss. <laughs> yeah, it can definitely, I feel like, you know, there are some people who are just naturally a little bit more private and, um, yeah. just, you know, again, just letting them know if something, I always tell my team, if something happens that needs your attention, please be there. You know, yeah. we can always work out the details of things later. And yeah, I may make a wrong assumption here and there when I don't know what's going on. So just yes. let me know what's going on when you can. That's a really good point is that as human beings, again, we try and fill in the pieces of the puzzle that are mm -hmm. missing. So if we don't have all the information, we may put that puzzle together the incorrect way and think maybe that person's checked out, or maybe they don't like the job, or maybe they're job hopping, or you know, what else, whatever it could be. And really in reality, they may be going through something and don't know how to balance the two. And they're an incredibly important part of your team. You don't want to lose them. You definitely don't want to lose them emotionally. Yeah. And uh, so all the more information we have, I think the better. Now maybe there's some things you don't want to know, or maybe you don't need to share everything in your life. But I think those major things are really important to help us realize that we're human beings working with human beings. Exactly. I love it. Well, Brandy, I know we're going to have all your contact information on our show notes, but just in case somebody wants to look you up right now, because they're like, I think I need this woman to help me design where we're going for my company and our digital presence. What's the best way for them to reach you? Best place to go is to our website, alchemyandaim.com. Head over to the contact page, fill out the form. I actually see that that comes to me. So I will respond. And like we were talking about earlier, if I don't think I'm a good fit for something, I will make sure that I try to connect you with someone who may be a good fit or really whatever I can do to help. That's really what my focus is. Excellent. Well, before we go, do you have any last words of wisdom or pearls of advice for my listeners and viewers? 
I mean, the biggest words of wisdom that I think I can provide people is just like, remember that you are an evolving human being. It's not about getting things done perfectly. It's about just getting things done beautifully in their imperfection. And, um, and just know that it's like, anytime you put something out there, a better version is going to pop into your head after you put it out there because you're going to have new ideas and new information. So So I really try to help clients and like my team focus on like, it's all an evolution. It's always an evolution. That's so true. What a great way to look at it. Cause the moment you hit send or post, there's always some, your head has already begun to analyze it to yep. find a different way. And instead to say at that moment in time, it was perfect just the way it was. Exactly. <laughs> well, Brandy, thank you so much for sharing not only about your company, but your words of wisdom with us and great advice about leadership. I really appreciate it. You've been a fantastic guest. Thank you so much for having me today. Thank you for joining us on another episode of the Shock Your Potential podcast. Learn more about us today at shockyourpotential.com, including details on Michael's two best-selling books. Tell me more, how to ask the right questions and get the most out of your employees, and sales mixology, why the most potent sales and customer experiences follow a recipe for success. Make sure to check out our Shock Your Potential app, on-demand professional training resources to help you excel in your career. And as always, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and like us today.